Hey, hey, man, you, you got the stuff? Uh, uh, yeah, dude, you, you got the money? Oh, man, I got a nice winner's purse from the last uh, from the last batch of answers that you supplied me. So, yeah, I got the money. All right, I think we can do business, man. All right, well, here you go. All right, sweet. All right, this will help you. Oh. Uh, stick it to them real good. And and every answer is correct, right? Oh, oh, you know it, dude. You know, I got a whole team. I got, a, I got a, I got a crack team of, you know, my mom, you know, my grandma. They watch it. You know, you know my dad's. He's, he's on. You know, he's like SmackDown a lot. So, 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 wait a minute. Did, did you actually like? Where did you get these answers? I need to uh, know. Well, dude, uh, I mean, don't, don't even worry about it, dude. You know. Uh, but how do you get all of them right? Like, how do you know what what Chuck is going to ask? I don't know, understand, man. You know, a, a, a good media outlet doesn't give its sources away. You know, I'm like the New York Times, dude. <sighs> like, I. I can't tell you that, but just know that you you you're all right. You're you're set, man. You you're gonna be the champ. You're gonna be the champ once again. Well, with this business relationship, I'm always gonna be the champ. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> man. And as the kids on the internet would say, he's got the cake. I wish you wouldn't have said that, Chuck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like Retribution, I'm here to destroy the show from within by becoming its champion. Cheap heat, sir. Cheap heat. And Shawnee and Justin with one. I guess thank God for Hubert. This is the saddest episode of the show ever. <laughs> Neither of you know what is going on. Erica, we need you. If you're listening... Well, wet farts aside, let's keep this show rolling here. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The One Fall Show. I'm your host, Chuck Bean, uh, for a show that is part wrestling discussion of the news of the week and, of course, part game show. I am joined by my scorekeeper, my fellow judge, and, uh, of course, one half of the Mankind with PMS tag team champions, Erica Bennis. It's still funny every week. And hello, baby boy. That's good to be here. <laughs> need to get you uh we need to find the graphic that says that and then and then get it for you as some kind of uh title belt graphic i think i like that i like the sound of that a lot all right uh we have our three panelists who will be answering the questions and of course giving us their opinions on the week that was when it comes to professional wrestling starting things off with the returning nate bender what is going on? Your champion has returned. Listen, I had to go and uh, film some some reshoots last week, so I apologize for not being able to be here and defend my illustrious title, but I'm happy to be here this week. I've cleared my schedule, so I'm feeling pretty confident about my victory this week, Chuck. All right. We'll have to see how that works out for you. Uh, we've also got one half of the Sunshine Buddies, Mr. Justin Valentine. I'm glad to see the uh, the big ray of sunshine back. It's a little bit bright, a little bit more bright in here. I like it. I can see. It's fantastic. Hello, everybody. <laughs> of course, the big ray of sunshine is the name of our title because uh, that's what the last champion, Justin Valentine, named it. Also, the other half of the Sunshine Buddies joining us this afternoon, that is Mr. Shawnee Constant. Hey everybody, how are you doing today? I was excited. I got a uh, an email here at the One Fall Show uh, uh, email uh, at, uh, at at Gmail. Um, I really enjoy the show. You guys are so funny and entertaining. Goes off the rails and right back on from K Dog Four Twelve. Five stars. Can you believe five stars? I don't know what he's talking about about going off the rails, but. Uh, <laughs> 
I mean, I guess that's the thing that he he notices. But thanks for writing the review. We I'm stay fairly, focused. Yeah, I'm fairly certain that's something that you guys will all end up blaming on me. But thank you very much, K Dog, over on Apple Podcast. You rock. And thank you at home for downloading uh, this particular episode. All right, guys, it's been a huge week, especially for AEW fans. But there's a bunch of news to get to, so let's start the game. Of course, our game consists of three rounds. Each round has three questions. The questions are worth one point, two points, and three points, respectively. And uh, we'll let the champ start the uh first round and let us know what category would you like to start with nate is it the uh, news and notes from around the ring the wednesday night war of aew and nxt or is it smack draw for raw and smackdown let's go with the wednesday night war all right yeah starting off where all the big news is and that is between nxt and aew all right, let's talk about AEW. Uh, Dynamite featured a video package highlighting the epic timeline of the slow-building feud of Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega going into uh, this weekend's Full Gear. What song did they soundtrack that video package with? Uh, Guns N' Roses' November Rain. Ooh, you are in the right genre, but unfortunately, that is an incorrect answer. Uh, we'll move what? things... Really? Yeah, no, I'm sorry. That's not what I have here. Uh, we'll move things on to Shawnee Constant. Uh, Shawnee, what uh, song did they soundtrack that video package for? Um, Chuck, was that... Uh, um, shit, I wasn't ready for this. <laughs> sorry. I find my cigarettes. Sorry. <laughs> no idea. All right. Well, and, uh, so let's see if uh, Justin can take the first point of uh, our first round. What song did they soundtrack the uh, video package highlighting Kenny Omega and uh, Hangman Adam Page with? Well, unfortunately, when I watch wrestling, I fast forward through all video packages, replays and stuff oh like God. that. What? I honestly do. I just go right to segments and interviews and matches just to get through the show quicker. So I couldn't answer this, but I'm going to guess somewhere in the spin doctor's realm. <laughs> no no unfortunately it was not the spin doctor it was cinderella's don't know what you got till it's gone and uh tony khan saying he got the inspiration for that video package from watching south park obviously full gear was last night guys let me have it uh, did you see it what did you think well okay so first of all uh that build package was absolutely ridiculous it made me not take the feud as seriously and knowing that Tony Khan pulled that from South Park, like maybe that's not where you need to pull your inspiration from, you know, like I, I, honestly, I thought that this was one of the weaker aspects of the show, despite having a great match. I think that the, the build has been weird. I think hangman Adam page despite having all the talent in the world is been saddled with a very odd character that I don't understand. It's to the point where it's getting frustrating. Like I want to invest more in these characters. I want to invest more in AEW, but it's like the storytelling prevents me from being able to take it any more seriously than Cinderella playing, you know, like it's just, it's goofy. I think, uh, and I mentioned this last week, Nate, and you weren't here, so maybe uh, you might agree with this. I think the superstars are telling a story that, the, and I said this last week, the commentary team is not backing up. 
And I think with moments, if you if you think the full gear and you think about when the Young Bucks won and they are celebrating in the ring and awkwardly Adam Page is just kind of there in the background on, on the top of the stage, they're telling a story there. I, I get I get that. Like I, but, I and the I announcers aren't harping on it. They're not really they're not pushing that story. It's so it makes it look awkward. Um I I I mean I thought full gear was pretty good when it comes to you know just terms of matches. Um I thought I thought it was good. I didn't I don't think it was anything extra good. I don't think it was anything like event of the year or anything like that, but I don't think I I, I enjoyed it. Um I don't know. It was weird because, you know, they had some, some good matches, had some title changes, but I wasn't like, I don't know, in awe in any way. And I feel like with AEW, when we don't get pay-per-views as often as we do say in WWE, I expect a little more, you know, fire in their pay-per-views, I guess, whether it's in moments, uh, you know, storytelling, whatever it may be. And I just don't feel like that. I felt like it was a really good episode of dynamite rather than a pay-per-view. So I think that that's fair, but I think we have to contrast that with the absolute disaster that was all out. And I think that, you know, AEW might need to just do a little bit of rebuilding from the, the absolute clusterfuck that was all out. So in comparison to how, how spectacularly bad. And I don't mean just in terms of like in-ring product. I mean, all out was just a fantastically bad pay-per-view. I think by comparison, it makes full gear look a lot better uh, as a pay-per-view. So I think that, you know, you could, you could say that they're starting to course correct. However, I am right there with you. The builds to, to, to the hangman, Adam page and Kenny Omega match was bad the build and 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 the fact that it's so long term doesn't justify how bad and unbelievable it it all is the uh, and and you mentioned hangman hanging out at the top of the ramp uh as as the bucks were celebrating in the ring that's subtle but at the same time subtle storytelling in wrestling is not necessarily uh, always you know that's not necessarily a good thing and you're not necessarily even contrasting the way that the WWE does it either so it, it, you're right it ends up landing as awkward i think that's the best word that i can i can give to any of these builds despite some great matches in the ring the builds to the bucks and ftr were bad the build to hangman and kenny was bad not a fan Uh, well, first of all, if you don't understand Hangman's character, he's an alcoholic cowboy. That's all you need to really know. Next, um, I loved. Yeah, the- but there there have been there have been so <laughs> many drinking characters. You know, Sandman on was AEW? a, was a gr- not Name on them. a no not on AEW, but Sandman was a great you know kick ass drunk. Uh, fucking Steve Austin was a great kick ass drunk. If at the end of this, if his character arc contains a fucking intervention, sorry, I'm out. I've tapped out. Now you're making judgments on people's life decisions. I don't fucking want to have any part of that in a wrestling program. I think that that's preachy and stupid. And I feel like that's where we're building towards. And I'm sorry. I want none of that. 
Okay. Well, I mean, it may end up there because the Bucks famously don't do alcohol in their vernacular, to quote them. Um, I Look, I included this goddamn question in here because I thought this video package was the funniest goddamn thing. Um, perhaps it was just coming after a long week and I wasn't expecting them to license a Cinderella song. And it tickled me. Apparently... Everyone else thought otherwise. Um, the pay-per-view itself, a little dis- I was I was really holding out for Eddie Kingston to win that one out. I I just don't know where it kind of goes for, from here uh, with him. I'm sure once again he'll be fine. He can talk his way out of a paper bag and just be instantly beloved no matter what. Um, so that was a big disappointment for me, just the way that match build, um, you know, especially invoking his mother and, and all that jazz. Uh, so that was kind of a letdown for me. I'm a little bummed that MJF did end up winning and uh, in his match against Jericho, because I don't know if I'm really going to like the dynamic between Wardlow MJF and the inner circle. I don't know. I'm I'm not really keen to that storyline, to be honest with you. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I thought that they've had better uh, pay per views, but they've certainly had worse. So, like, I'm okay. And apparently, I really just like Cinderella. I'm sorry, you guys. <laughs> I'm Look, sorry. I'm a, I'm a spin doctor's guy. You enjoy Cinderella. We're all wrestling fans here. It's fine. We'll be fine. Let's move ahead with our second question in this uh, particular uh, NXT AEW category by moving over to NXT. Uh, This question going back to Nate because uh, nobody had a correct answer for the first question. Uh, While NXT is seen as the third brand within the WWE, this week it was revealed that NXT superstars are currently exempt from a new controversial rule within the Raw and SmackDown rosters. What rule is it? That's the rule that you can't attack the non-active tag member, which has actually reared its head on the main roster several times, and it's the most annoying rule in all of wrestling. Interesting, interesting. Unfortunately, not what I have here, but definitely something I'm going to look into. Uh, we'll throw things uh, over to uh, Justin for uh, for this particular uh, question. Justin, what is the new and controversial rule that superstars in the Raw and SmackDown brand uh, have to follow that apparently the superstars of NXT do not. I don't know this one. I'm not real high, Chuck, but I don't know this one, Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Uh, we'll throw it to Shawnee. Shawnee, uh, do you have an answer for this one? I believe uh, shirtless male competitors will have to wear pasties. <laughs> pasties. Uh I have not heard that, but if that, in fact, is true, I think ratings numbers will only go up. No, this is the uh, the Twitch conversation that we've had for the last couple of weeks. NXT superstars apparently are exempt from WWE's Twitch ban. Uh, Sean Ross Sapp uh, reported this uh, on Fightful's List and Your Boy podcast. Why do you think NXT talent uh, are allowed to continue streaming and having third-party income while uh, main roster superstars are not? They're probably paid a lot less than main roster oh, superstars. One of the things that we heard, especially around the time that, you know, Mia Yim and the rest of Retribution got called up, 
was that their contracts hadn't been renegotiated since their call up and that that was kind of a big sticking point for all of them. And fair enough. I have to imagine that if you're going from a show that gets on average somewhere around 700,000 people watching it to a show that has 1.5 four to you know 2.1 million people watching it it should probably come with a significant pay raise especially if they're sticking me with a dumb fucking gimmick like retribution those masks look so comfortable (laughs) don't they they have to be the greatest thing to wrestle in all right well if uh nobody else has anything else uh to talk about as far as this one then we'll move ahead so uh for three points here so we'll go back to aew and uh ftr has p- pitched a dream match to Tony Khan to take place on AEW television, but Khan is apprehensive to book it. Who is the opponent that they are looking to have to make this match happen? I believe we're still at a 0-0-0 zero, zero, and zero scoreboard, so Nate, you get first crack at this one, too. That would be the Dudley boys. Oh my god, that would be an amazing match, wouldn't it? Unfortunately, it's not what I have here. For fuck's sake! <laughs> Uh, we'll throw it back to Justin. Justin, who is it that FTR would like to uh, have a dream match with in AEW on TV? You know, I missed when the questions were about what I actually watched this week. Um, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw a guess this time around. I'm gonna say uh, the Hardy Boys. That also would be a fantastic match. I love where your guys' heads are at. Unfortunately, not the answer I'm looking for. Justin, Shawnee, do you have an answer for this one? No, I, I have no idea what the answer to this is. I've watched six hours of AEW, and I did not see this. I don't know what this answer is. Uh, according to what I've got here, it is the Rock and Roll Express, and I don't know if anybody other than FTR actually wants to see that match, considering no. how old the guys in the Rock and Roll Express no, are. If you not. had a fucking time machine, maybe. Right, right, right. I mean, listen, they've done... The problem is, is they've done in this business way too many you know, grabbing these 50, 60 plus year olds and bringing them back for whatever matches or whatever. And, and they think that that's what people want to see because we're seeing our old favorites or whatever people we haven't seen in a while. It's not a thing. All right. We, we want to see good wrestling. We want to see people who can actually still go and they are far from that. Let me propose this question to you guys. We'll go around the room. Name me one wrestler who has aged well, who you think like <laughs> still kind of has it. Yeah. Like for instance, Ken Shamrock, you see Ken Shamrock over in impact wrestling and you're like, yeah, God okay. damn, how is he still that fit? Yeah, that's fair. I'll, I'll give you, well, I mean, gold dust, Dustin Rhodes, whatever you want to call him. I'll throw that one out there. Yeah. For his age, especially. Yeah, for sure. Man, there seems to be a wall that you hit as a wrestler where you turn into a physical disaster, right? You know, like Dick Murdoch in like the mid nineties, like it's at some point you hit Dick Murdoch body and it's just like, you shouldn't be anywhere with your shirt off much less in the ring. (laughs) I, I honest to God, I can't think of anyone. I'll ask you, Chuck, how does Rob Van Dam look or did when he was an impact? Surprisingly very much like he always has. So there's one. He's a little stiff getting up on the ropes and stuff like that, but he still does pretty much everything you would expect Rob Van Dam to do. Ray Mysterio. Oh, good one. Okay. You know, that's fair too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, When he's not hurt, Ray Mysterio is a good, good one for Mm -hmm. that one. Yeah. All right, Erica, I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this, but what does the score look like at the end of our first round? 
Well, uh, you didn't ask me which wrestler I thought would uh, still look good. And obviously after uh, the whatever deletion name match that was on uh, full gear, uh, obviously Gangrel. Uh, but anyway, our, <laughs> our, our points. I kind of thought that too. Uh, but actually, in all seriousness, uh, Minoru Suzuki, he's 52, and he's still a badass. By the way, you mean David Heath, right? Like, not <laughs> Gangrel. David Heath. I'm sorry. I have to channel JR here and keep saying David Heath for no goddamn good fucking <laughs> that reason. That was the weirdest fucking thing. He was it just was. like, his kayfabe brain just went haywire, and he's like, that's not who that is. <laughs> that man is not named Gangrel. What is going on here? As if anyone knows who the fuck David Heath is. Maybe, maybe, oh, maybe JR just has an incredible God. reverence for the man's porn side of his career. I guess, man. <laughs> He, yeah, I, I was wondering that too. I'm like, what are we doing here? Shout out to the hurricane too, by the way. Is it one of those things where if he doesn't have the fangs in, then he's David Heath? He had the no, fangs the, fangs, in, the fangs are permanent. <laughs> that's that's true. There's no without the fangs. That's a hundred percent all of the time. My God. Yeah. All right, Erica. Um, you're right on Minoru Suzuki. Absolutely. What uh, what are we looking at score wise? As I usually am, always right when it comes to Minoru Suzuki. Um, as of right now, it is it is Goose Egg Central on this on this point point board here. Um, wow, what what a what a round, you guys! Listen, uh, maybe, I, I, maybe. I said it. I, I missed when the questions were about what we watched this week. Okay, <laughs> we had a pay per view and two shows on Wednesday, and none of the questions about were, were anything that happened in the ring. The video package was okay. on. I said in the ring. And there were other <laughs> questions that I submitted. Chuck, you can say this. There were other questions that I submitted that had content that was available on the shows. This Chuck is, is shaking his head no. He seems to be throwing you under the bus. <laughs> wow. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Let's move on to our next round here on the One Fall Show. Uh, we've, of course, got our news and notes from around the ring and the Thunderground Underdome, which is, of course, Smackdown. Raw and SmackDown. Uh, Nate, I will leave you in control of the board. Where do you want to go for this next round? Uh, I guess let's talk about some WWE. Okay. Going to uh, Raw and SmackDown. Smacked Raw, as uh, <laughs> as Justin likes to call it. I All mean, right. you, you called it that first. Don't put that on me. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go with our first question. Who became the latest member of Team Raw in the forthcoming five-on-five men's Survivor Series elimination match on Raw this Monday on the show? Uh, Nate, you've got first crack at this one. Kevin Owens. Ooh, that's not who I have here. I think Kevin's already on the team, I think, from two weeks Son ago. Bitch. Kevin's actually on SmackDown. <sighs> oh, wait, you're right. Yeah, you're right. I hate you're all right. of you. God damn, <laughs> fucking damn it. Jesus, sorry. Um, Justin, you've got a crack at this one. See, when you ask questions that I actually, you know, were on the show, it's insane. I, I come up with the answers. It's uh, Braun Strowman. Yes, it is. The uh, the monster among men, Braun Strowman. How does everybody feel about the booking for Survivor Series uh, as it shakes out so far? You guys, uh, longtime listeners of the One Fall Show, know that Survivor Series is my favorite event in pay-per-view as far as gimmick matches go. But I'm curious where you guys stand on this one. I'm, I'm a fan so far. For the most part, you know, Street Profits and New Day will be good. I don't like the build to either of the Survivor Series matches because I'm sorry, but the members not getting along is getting old and it takes away from the cool match that it can be. 
I mean, go back to, and I, I think of this one because it was in Detroit and I went to it, 2005 Survivor Series when they had Raw versus SmackDown. And even though it was made up of each each side had team members who did not like each other, who were in feuds, they decided, you know what, for the sake of our brand, we're going to get along for this month and we're just going to try to win this damn match. And it made for great storytelling the weeks leading up invasions and brawls and all that and cool moments and a great match at the pay-per-view instead we're focusing too much on fighting within and then it just takes away from the match because then you know damn well come the match as much as all these names are in it it's just going to be them turning on each other and refusing to tag and whatever forcing someone to get eliminated and it takes away from the fun match that it actually could be because i'm with you chuck survivor series is one of my favorites as well it just takes away from the actual match. Justin, I've got a question for you because you have a lot more like long-term WWE knowledge than I do. Do they always do the draft like one month before Survivor Series? That's the, and, and that's another thing. And no, it just started the last couple of years. The okay. draft used to be like springtime. Like okay. it used to like kick off summer. Because I think that's my biggest problem with the build towards Survivor Series is that most of the people who are on each of these respective teams have just flipped from the other brand, which means that, you know, how much brand loyalty do they actually end up having? That's my first problem. The second problem that I have is that last year's Survivor Series was so good because they brought NXT in as like the third sort of, you know, element of the whole thing. And that was so great on the back of uh, that one SmackDown episode where everyone was stuck in Saudi Arabia, right? Like the build toward that was excellent. And, (laughs) and, and there's just, there's nothing like that even being, uh, you know, even being put forward this year. And I just, I, I'm so much less invested than I was last year. I'm glad you brought that up because that was absolutely killer. And I don't think anything was going to be as good as that. Shawnee, uh, you had something? Yeah, it's the idea like, hey, here's a blue T-shirt. Uh, thanks. I'm going to defend this blue T-shirt with right. my life. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> we don't have a, we don't have a structure, a leadership philosophy on either show. Um, so the idea that you would have loyalty to either one, I mean, you're, you're, you're just rolling into the Thunderdome without any kind, uh, without any kind of background story. Weird WWE. We rely on either no background story or awful background stories. Anything else is too good for you. Dirty marks. Uh, <laughs> I'm increasingly upset with the way that, uh, Vince McMahon runs this operation. I will say with NXT being involved, uh, I, I think it's better for that brand to not be involved this year just because they are hurt. That roster is hurt. And that roster is also built on a, right now on a lot of superstars that are coming up during the pandemic with no live crowds. So you don't really know who would make a good five-man Survivor Series team because a lot of the guys from last year are either on Raw or SmackDown right now or they are hurt or whatever it may be. So I think it's better for NXT not to be involved. Although, I mean, last last year was killer. Yeah, I, I'll give you that. NXT is definitely in a, rebu- uh, a rebuilding period, especially after losing Karrion uh, Cross and Ridge Holland. And I think there were even a couple of other injuries in there uh, that I can't think of. Dexter Loomis was on the, Finn, was Finn on the bench Balor. for a while. Finn Balor, yeah, absolutely. They've had a lot of really, really, really you know, just bad breaks when it comes to uh, injuries and matches. So I think that, you know, that's that's a really perceptive point. 
Um, so yeah. And, but Shawnee also made a really good point too, that, you know, it really just doesn't seem like any of these people should be fighting or defending either of their brands. Why should they care about what, what brand they're on? So, um, I, 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 I would have liked WWE to have a little bit more foresight and change the scheduling of the draft to maybe even just after survivor series. Right. Um, so yeah, I think that that just ruined a lot of the, the build this year. All right, well, let's move on to our second question in the Smack Draw category. Justin, you've got control of the board after getting that uh, one-point question there. So for two points, uh, in a new segment of the Firefly Funhouse this week, it looks like Bray Wyatt is finally going to make Randy Orton pay for what act that he committed during their feud in 2017. Burning down the the, the cabin or whatever the hell, the Wyatt house, whatever the hell it is, the fire Yes, that's uh, that is <laughs> co- years that ago. Is, okay, <laughs> that is correct for two points. Burning down the Wyatt family compound. Uh, we've been. It was on the goddamn show, though, Justin. So you should have <laughs> known if you watched it. It was on the show three years ago, Erica. It was. It they they telegraphed it in the Firefly Funhouse segment. I knew what Go it back was. I didn't know it. the name you of it. He didn't bitch. say. He didn't say. You piss and moan. Oh my god. On the show. All right. And the question was about the show. I got the question like, right. I don't give a shit. I got shit. the question okay? right. I am tired. Why am I going to yell that? Why am I going to Happy holidays, Erica. Happy <laughs> it's holidays. Christmas. Hey, I've got a question. Was yeah. that really three fucking years ago? Was it? I know. Isn't it, it was. Isn't it crazy? Oh, my God. So. I think I need I, to smoke less pot. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want the fiend involved in the title picture at all. And I think I have because survivor series is a thing, you know, Randy's facing Roman at survivor series because the champion versus champion thing. That's also the anniversary of the Miz cashing in on Randy Orton from what? 2000 something. Not what was it over a decade ago? That's a great point. I want the Miz to cash in on Randy Orton on the anniversary of when he cashed in on Randy Orton the first time, become champion at Survivor Series, let that be a feud with Drew McIntyre for December, and let this Randy Orton and The Fiend thing happen in December without the title involved, because I don't want The Fiend to be involved with the title. Period. Not right now. The Fiend doesn't need to be in the title picture, but I do like that The Fiend is going back and grinding an axe that needs grinding. Right. Like they never really kind of close that loop. If they're building something more long term with Randy, I think that that's fine. The other thing that I heard was that Alexa Bliss is supposed to be doing something with the Undertaker at Survivor Series or in the build up to Survivor Series. And that's now gotten people to wonder if maybe the Fiend and Undertaker might be Survivor Series or somewhere beyond. Yes. Give me my spooky. You'll rule the day. bullshit uh, listen chuck i don't want to shit on your parade at all but i do I not want to i do not want to see the undertaker in the ring ever again i just don't it, it the fucking saudi arabia was so bad maybe they and perfected the, the hologram it, it, <laughs> it, it, does it does it take physical form too can it tombstone a motherfucker because hey, i'm not sure that Technology has evolved to that level yet. 
If I Kenny Omega can had. fight a sex doll, then people can fight a hologram. Oh, Listen, I, I, would, I wouldn't mind it if because they're saying the Undertaker's at Survivor Series for what one final moment or final goodbye, whatever. I would if it's mind a, like it. a passing of the torch yes. moment, yes. I would be okay yes. with that. Some type of segment that is, uh, you know, a passing of the torch. Like you're the creepy one now because I'm going home. I'm okay with that. I don't want a long term match. I may regret saying this. But even a Firefly Funhouse match, a la what they did with Cena at WrestleMania with Taker, might even be the way to go here because it would be a passing of the torch, and and Taker wouldn't need to be physically as involved as he would be in a normal match. I think that's a really good compromise, and I would like I would I would actually genuinely like to see that. I would like to see the undertaker cycle through all of his various looks. Like I want him in purple again. I want purple ass previous gimmicks. That would be great. Yes. Yes. Get that oh, face I mean, mask sure. from when his orbital bone. Yeah. Was, I was uh, that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, it'd be great. They could, they could get Paul E right. And, and shoot him in silhouette and have him doing the, Oh yes. Cause he's about as big as, Paul Bearer, Paul Bearer was. was no Paul Bearer was bigger. I think he was mm. fatter. However, this is where the hologram comes into play. Yes. Hey. <laughs> yes. 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 See, we're getting a hologram. I love all of this family fantasy book. Yeah, listen, having the Undertaker like in the ring, you know, doing his deal with Paul the hologram Paul Bearer holding the urn. Yes. There's a lot that could go right with something like this. So, you know, normally I would shit on something like an idea like this, or I I wouldn't want to see it at all. But I I think that that's, you know, like all things considered where Taker is in his career, what Bray Wyatt is doing creatively with The Fiend. I think that that's actually a really, really good answer. I want to see the documentary where we just watch for an hour and a half as Bray Wyatt tries to explain what's going on to uh mark calloway like, <laughs> yeah, fucking whatever just just shoot it get me out of here <laughs> what am i doing what do i have to do i don't need the reasoning behind it stop giving me reasoning we'll just do it vince can you explain this to me <laughs> it's such good shit pal <laughs> but it's not vince it's the vince puppet it's the vince puppet right exactly. <laughs> all right well let's move on to our third and final question uh justin your opportunity for three points here on smackdown this week sasha banks finally successfully defended her SmackDown Women's Championship against Bayley. But then at the end of the match, somebody attacked her. Who was it? Uh, Carmella. Yes, Carmella returning and saying that she is untouchable. Uh, when's the next time you guys think we're going to see Banks versus Bayley? And uh, do you think Carmella versus Banks is going to be a pretty good feud? So I don't think we'll see that for a minute. Uh, Sa- Sasha and Bayley, that is. At least I hope not. I'm over that so bad. Here's the thing. I get... Carmella coming out and why they're doing it. They're trying to revamp her, but I'd rather, rather have seen her come back a few weeks ago and get in some other people's faces, have some mini rivalries. So we know this new Carmella quote unquote works before just throwing her into the title picture. Because if this new Carmella is shit, if this character is shit and you're throwing this into the title picture, that just, it's a double whammy of how bad it actually is. So I'd rather have done a test run, do some other, like uh, Naomi, uh, a Lacey Evans, whoever you want, 
mini matches, storylines on SmackDown before she goes after the title. I don't like that they're just throwing her right into the title picture because instead of focusing on Sasha and Bailey, we're going to focus on Sasha and Carmella, and the rest of the roster is still getting ignored. Does it? Does anyone feel like Carmella got a revamp? Like, what the hell happened? Just like we just did Emmalina promos for the last three months for no reason whatsoever. Carmella, I always felt, could really play all these different dynamic characters. It's, yeah. I, I don't get it. I don't get what they do with the women's division. They put they have the best division uh, of of the promotions, but yet they still seem to do weird things that I, I really don't understand. There there are no like um, overly big, uh, as Justin says, extra characters in the women's division and all across WWE. And you know, I thought we were going to get it with Nikki Cross, and they were like, "No, <laughs> we're going to give that gimmick to some man. Sit over there next to Alexa, darling." And uh, I don't <laughs> understand what the fuck uh, the Carmella quote unquote new coat of paint was. It's like, yeah, we know that Carmella can wear evening wear or wear uh silly um jersey extra long fingernails like you don't have to you don't have to rebrand a whole character for that that's so those are accessories wwe accessories not a character am i correct in assuming that pretty much the whole room is really not into this carmella revamp no because they keep doing this they take they take somebody who has a good gimmick a girl with a good gimmick and then they take her off TV for several months. And when she comes back, she looks like a stripper after doing vignettes of like either being in a, a, an evening dress or being in a bubble bath. Right. They did the same shit with Liv Morgan. And it pissed yep. me off then. Here's yep. Liv Morgan. She's got a great gimmick and you bring her back. And what? Oh, she's Lana's lesbian lover. What the fuck? Okay, that stinks of Paul Heyman, granted. But the thing is that they keep fucking doing this. They take they take girls with good gimmicks and then they turn them into divas. Yeah. Like literally like WWE's idea of what a diva should look like. And it gets over like a fucking wet fart. I hate it. It's so bad. Carmella is on that path already. Fortunately, Liv Morgan was able to get off of it. I don't know what I don't know who she had to convince to be like, this is the dumbest shit on earth, and I'm not, I don't want to do it. Hopefully, it was the same person Mercedes Martinez talked to and got her the fuck out of retribution. Um, but this is it's horrible. It's fucking miserable. Well, the joke's on Mercedes Martinez, because we all know those masks are comfy as fuck. <laughs> I bet they are. Ask <laughs> ask Bane about how comfortable that mask is. Bane. Erica, at the end of round two, where do the points stand? Well, Justin Valentine ran the damn uh, category. He got he yelled at ahead. in the process, too. Well, you were being a little out of line. Some people need to get yelled at. I'm sorry. Them's the rules. Uh, but he has six points. Uh, Nate and Shawnee have zero. Uh, things can always change in the third round. And the final fall, as per usual. Also, Chuck, are you drinking juice straight from an ocean spray bottle like you're a damn TikToker? <laughs> I'm vibing. I'm vibing. I got some food with Mac in my earbuds. I'm and I'm just vibing. vibing. I'm here's vibing. the thing. You step out of frame and then you come back with this goddamn bottle of juice and you start drinking from it like they're not going to mention anything. Bullshit. Come on. <laughs> I mean, for he, you. our vibing host, he's, he's good. He's got it. 
That's right. Anyway, All right. The show on. brought to you by Ocean Spray. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wish we could get a deal with Ocean Spray. Are you kidding? We'd be fucking made. Now's our chance. Be swimming in Ocean Spray. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to our third round. And uh, Shawnee, I'll let you take a, take a crack at the first question here uh, in, a, in the news and notes from around the ring. So news broke this week that a new Stone Cold Steve Austin documentary is in the works. That news broken by Lillian Garcia in an interview with Chris Van Vallee. I believe that's how you say his name, the uh, YouTuber. Uh, what was the name of Lillian Garcia's EP that was released in 2012? Oh, Chuck. I'm, I'm not sorry board, about man. the question. It was a one-point question. And, uh, Oh, man. I think it's Chris Van Vliet. Um, yes, 2011? Uh, 2012. Oh, shit. I don't know that one. That changes, okay. the, that changes the game. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I will uh, move things on to Mr. Nate Bender. Uh, my five got... seconds up? You're keeping time now? <laughs> <laughs> I was keeping time the entire time. Oh. All right. <laughs> Go ahead, Nate. For one point, Nate, uh, what was the name problem. of Lillian Garcia's EP back in 2012? Oh, there's uh, a Stone Cold Steve Austin documentary in the works. Kiero Vivir? Oh, that's, uh, you know what? She she does use a lot of uh, Spanish in her uh, in her music, but unfortunately, not what I have here. Son of a bitch! Uh, Justin, your opportunity to uh, continue to run the board here with this particular question. What was Lillian Garcia's EP back in 2012 that she released? It was on Raw. <laughs> eight years ago eight years ago fantastic <laughs> let, me, let me turn back time eight years ago um bro you mentioned the miz's 10th anniversary of cashing in his money in the bank and you're gonna that is a big storyline plot it's not a an ep his career matters god damn it shout out to lillian garcia but this was not a big point in the show. Ten years from now, I'm not going to care what the name of Elias's stupid EP, whatever the hell was. Oh, well, I don't care. <laughs> I won't. Okay. <laughs> no idea, Chuck. Uh, it was called "My Time," which was My also time. the name of uh, uh, it was the it. name of Triple H's uh, entrance music back when uh, you know he was first starting to become the big badass. Oh, yeah. uh, obviously, um, like I said, Stone Cold Steve Austin's got a documentary being made about him. Uh, it's going to be by the makers of the Michael Jordan documentary, The Last Dance. What do you guys think about this project and the upcoming Netflix Vince McMahon doc? I don't care as much about the upcoming Vince McMahon doc, to be honest, compared to my excitement for Stone Cold. And that, especially hearing that it's, you know, after watching The Last Dance this past summer and hearing that, you know, that's who they're working with. Uh, that'll be really cool. I'm, I'm looking forward to see how this turns out uh, because they got a lot of good behind the scenes stuff in this Jordan documentary. So if we can get the same type of vibe with this, just like Chuck's vibing, um, the same type of vibe when it comes to the Stone Cold documentary, I'm all for it. Um, especially uh, hearing about how he walked out when he refused to get uh job to uh, Brock Lesnar in O2. That's a good point, man. If they have some sort of behind the scenes footage of that, yeah. that would be fascinating. Well, they got to because they went on the show and called him out. Vince and The Rock did promos calling him out about him leaving. So I would be shocked if they have no footage from anybody behind the scenes 
from that night when he, when he left. Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, I think that would be cool to see. Um, you know, when I sat down and watched the, the, uh, Bret Hart documentary, it ended up being a lot more interesting than I thought it would be. Um, especially because they had cameras there at the moment of the Montreal screw job. So it was like seeing that moment in another perspective. And I think right. you're right. If they have, if they have footage like that, that will end up absolutely making the documentary. Um, I do want to talk about the Vince McMahon documentary for a second, because a lot of people are, uh, at least I've seen on Twitter and, and various places, very curious about this and or excited about it. Uh, I would, I would definitely uh, hedge your expectations on this thing because it's being co-produced by Netflix and WWE. So I highly doubt that we're going to actually get a real version of, of Vince McMahon's history. You know, this is going to be his attempt to sort of rewrite his own legacy, I think. And, uh, you know, he does that a lot through WWE programming as it is. Um, you know, no, he, he totally didn't want to shut down the other territories. He wanted there to be competition and he was just the best at it. Um, I think we're going to hear a lot of that shit and I'll be honest. I don't, I have no interest in watching that. Jimmy Snuka's girlfriend just went to get cigarettes. She'll be back. Exactly. I want to see the actual documentary about the, the life that this guy has actually lived dirt included. Because while I don't particularly like the man, he is undoubtedly fascinating as a human being. I love watching Vince stories on YouTube. I'll, I'll, I will seek them out. Just wrestlers telling weird ass stories about Vince. Those are some of the greatest stories I've ever heard because it doesn't seem real. Like a, a human being like him doesn't seem like you're like, no one does that. Well, fucking Vince McMahon does. And yeah, I, I want to see the, the fucking warts included documentary. All right. Well, let's move on to the second question in our news and notes from around the ring. Uh, obviously, no one got this particular one. So, uh, Shawnee, you've got first crack at this question as well. For two points, which Impact Wrestling wrestler announced this week they are no longer a professional wrestler? Smiley Kylie Ray. I got some points, Chuck. <laughs> Yes, you did. Uh, Good job, buddy. You two points on the board for Shawnee there. Uh, Ray was a no-show about a, a couple of weeks ago at Bound for Glory, where she was supposed to face Deanna Perrazzo, and then uh, she put a statement on Instagram, I believe it was this past Monday, saying she's currently unwell and wanted to take time to say she's no longer a professional wrestler and uh, hopes that everybody understands. I think I speak for everyone here at the One Fall Show when we say that uh, we hope she gets better, and uh, if whether we see her on our, our screens again or not, uh, the person behind the character we hope uh, absolutely uh, leads a long and healthy life. Uh, yeah. You guys, I was unaware of who Kylie Ray was until she showed up in AEW. And my first impression was like, oh, so it's indie wrestler Bailey. But I think I honestly like her better than Bailey, especially after watching her in Impact. What about you guys? She seems a little bit more genuine than Bailey. Yeah. Like Bailey seems like it's a gimmick, or it yeah. was before she turned into evil soccer mom. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, it seemed, it seemed a little bit more genuine with, with Kylie Ray and like you, Chuck, I was not aware of her until, uh, AEW. And, uh, I, I, I think that this is, uh, it, it's, it's devastating. You know, she was, 
Um, she was on that list uh, very high, by the way, of uh, top women wrestlers that PWI had just put out. Yeah. Um, it, it, I, I, I genuinely hope that whatever she's going through, she's able to get through it and eventually return to uh, whatever she loves to do, whether that's wrestling or whatever else that is. Very well spoken. Very well said, Nate. All right, let's get into our third and final question in the news and notes from around the ring. Shawnee, you've got control of the board for this question. We're going over to New Japan Pro Wrestling, a stunning first occurring during Power Struggle, uh, during their Power Struggle event. What was it? Well, I was waiting for more question. Um, Power Struggle, New Japan first. Um, Nope, got nothing, sir. All right, we'll uh, throw it to uh, Mr. Nate Bender. Here's your opportunity to get on the board with a big three points. What is the first uh, that happened at, at New Japan's power struggle this past week? The power went out. It was a real power struggle. Um, no, no, it's what? That's that's not what's what's uh, I got here. I, are are you okay over there, Nate? I'm fine. Okay, just just checking. Uh, Justin, here's your opportunity for three more points. What uh, what first happened at New Japan Power Struggle this past week? So my uh, New Japan knowledge, as I've said multiple times, is dependent on my New Japan study. Now, there's a lot of wrestling this week. We had full gear, and I did not study New Japan. So I'm being counted down to the inevitable answer that you guys both know idea all right uh the the first that happened at new japan power struggle is that kota abushi lost his g1 briefcase to jay white has absolutely never happened before what do you guys think of this do you think they maybe ripped this off from uh poor otis losing his money in the bank briefcase uh and where do you think uh new japan is taking the story from here i mean i think i i I think I'm like, I'm like is this just my window to just speak first? No, actually, no, Nate, you are a contestant. I am I am, but a, a lowly scorekeeper. After you, Nate. I think that this is really interesting in terms of the continuing evolution of Jay White's character. You know, he's done some dastardly things and, you know, not exactly stealing a briefcase, but, uh, you know, taking a title opportunity uh, can be listed as one of those things. I'm going to be curious to go and watch this match. Obviously, I have not watched it either, but uh, uh, this sounds very intriguing. I'm, I'm curious where they're going with it, Chuck. So uh, an interesting thing that happened in the aftermath of this match, uh, considering that one, um, someone losing the G1 Climax contract has never happened before. And um, I, I don't, well, JY did do some dastardly things in order to um, obtain that contract. I won't spoil it completely, but and it's Jay White. It's what Jay White's going to. I Jay would expect White. that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it, that shouldn't be terribly surprising. Um, but this means that um, you know they were kind of building towards Kotobushi versus Tetsuya Naito, which would be an outstanding uh, main event at Wrestle Kingdom, which will be two uh, nights this year. Uh, Naito released a statement after the match, um, and I will read it as follows: uh, January fourth, I want to face Kota Ibushi. Yes, Abushi put his contract on the line and lost to Jay White, so he shouldn't have the right to a title match at the Tokyo Dome. Yet both of us were in the G1 Climax. He won it. 
not me. He wanted back to back, not me. That hurt. And I want to get revenge for that. I think Jay should respect that. I beat Abushi January 4th and I'll face Jay White on January 5th. There should be no problem with that. Sorry to Jay, but I want to face Abushi more. So that's my official request. And I guess there's like a weird caveat where Naito said, if I don't get this match with Abushi, I'm not showing up, which I think is hilarious storytelling and also just perfect with just who Tetsuya Naito is, where he's just like, yeah, fuck you. I'm not going to show up. Um, I love it. I'm going to be very excited to see how it plays out um, as we get closer and closer to Wrestle Kingdom. I personally was stunned when Coda dropped the contract just because it seems like they've been like, he's going to finally have his goddamn moment there, He's just, I mean, he's, he's another one of those guys. Does he need the belt? No, but he totally deserves it. And he's once again, the most beautiful boy in the world. So I would like for him to have the belts. Okay. I'm sorry. It's just, it's how I feel. Have Justin. you ever seen the D the D uh, uh. Oh no, no, no. After you. Sorry. No, no, no. See, I can't, I can't see you. Justin raised his hand. You're now just this, like you're in yeah. like, uh, this protection right now. <laughs> I'm out of my fucking mind. I apologize. Have you ever seen okay. the video from DDT where he wrestles in the alleyway and shoots Roman candles into his own face? I'm speaking of Kodo Bushi right now. <laughs> I I have not seen that, but that checks out. I'm like, of course, go to Ibushi did that. I was gonna throw out there because Chuck, you had compared this to Otis losing his, and after hearing Erica's, it is way different because Otis lost his because they inexplicably gave it to him. Realized nobody wants to see Otis in any serious storyline like it, so we need to switch this up. Big difference compared to what Erica just explained. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Also, I have seen the highlights of this. Kid, is is there anybody in wrestling who's better at looking sad than poor Kota Ibushi? Oh my God, he's so a great sympathetic it. baby face. And and uh, I'm with Erica. I think he does deserve a title reign. But you know, again, New Japan is so much more apt at telling a long term story that now adding that you know, additional wrinkle and stipulation of, of, uh, you know, Naito and, and that whole thing. That's, that's really interesting. Like I genuinely want to see where that goes. Wrestle kingdom is now a must watch. I don't know if you can see the rest of us. Cause I know you're not on camera, Nate, but, uh, three fifths of us were all nodding when you were talking right there about that. <laughs> All right, well, that's going to do our three rounds of uh, the One Fall show here. As we head into our final fall, Erica, give us our t point totals running into this final fall. As we head into final fall, we have Justin in the lead with six points, followed by Shawnee with two, Nate with zero. But this final fall question is a doozy. Anything can happen. Let's get to it. All right, for our final fall this week, it's another one of those three strikes and you're out rules where we'll go around the room and give you guys opportunities to uh, give us answers that will each be worth two points. Uh, the question is about a list of banned images in the WWE Thunderdome. It leaked via release uh, of behind-the-scenes video this weekend created by the famous group who uh, created the digital fan technology WWE is currently using for the Thunderdome. Uh, the list was seen in the background inside one of the WWE trucks, and there were 23 images identified on this list 
by uh, wrestling fans of things that are banned images for the Thunderdomes, things that you will get banned from the Thunderdome if you get in and put this on your camera. So there are 23 of these to uh, go through, and we will go around uh, around the room here, starting with uh, starting with Nate because he's got zero points. You've got three opportunities or three strikes before you can no longer uh, answer for two points. Nate, are you ready? Yes, I am. Okay, for two points, name us one of these uh, 23 images that you cannot show on camera in the the Thunderdome. Uh, As a member of the cult of Cornette, I would be sadly remiss if I did not name Jimmy Cornette. Jim Cornette is one of those images. There's two points for you right there, Nate. Uh, Let's go over to uh, Shawnee. I believe you're next in the points. Matt Jackson. Matt Jackson, Matt Jackson, Matt Jackson. He is is on that. Okay, thank you, Erica. Yes, he is on the list, so that's uh, worth two points there. Uh, we'll go to Justin. I don't know why I'm like kind of nervous and confused of this question. Uh, I'm gonna because th- I heard nothing about this, so all of my answers are gonna be guesses. I'm gonna guess another um, other wrestling promotions logo. Or do do can you do be do more it? specific? Can I be spe- okay. I did okay. Uh, AEW logo. That's correct. Okay. Uh, Nate, back to you for two points. Nick Jackson? Yes, if Matt Jackson is not available, then uh, I believe Nick Jackson is also not uh, permissible. CM Punk. Correct. Uh, Since the Young Bucks are on there, I would have to say Cody Rhodes. That's also correct. Back to you, Nate. Uh, Joint the Clown, Matt Bourne. (laughs) No, I don't see it, Erica. Um, that somehow, uh, did not make the list. I don't know why. Okay. So that's, uh, that's, uh, one, one sp- swing and a miss for Nate there. Well, let's move on to, uh, Shawnee. Impact Wrestling. Impact Wrestling logo is on there. So, uh, that's correct. Uh, Chris Benoit. <laughs> that is, uh, also on there. Nate, go ahead. Ring of Honor logo. Mm, I don't see it on here, but I would have to. Are you fucking kidding me? Not one of the band images. I know that was that was not one of the band images listed. Wow. Apparently, not concerned that someone is going to try to get uh, (laughs) Ring of Honor on. Although they should, because they finally have uh, signed. Although there is a stipulation, they have signed uh, Dan Housen. You're rude today. Oh, nice. Hey, Impact got on there, so. Well, I know what sign I'm going to hold up in the Thunderdome. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, Sean, back to you. Nate uh, has uh, two strikes on the board here. Mm, uh, fascist imagery, uh, no more clan. I feel like that has to be a given, but I don't see it in the list. Erica? Yeah, I of mean, that, that is a Of course, WWE would be like, nah, that's all right. <laughs> we'll take a soft ban case. it's it's, it's, just, it's yeah. just for five minutes it's it's a case by case okay <laughs> yeah I mean slap like on that, the wrist that, that, that one's kind of a given considering the past imagery issues uh, but that was not one of the things identified in this leaked list so that is one strike for Shawnee um, okay however, however fuck the clan Continue. Yeah, of course. Uh, we'll do Chris Jericho. I don't see him in the list. Okay. He didn't make the list of all people. <laughs> Come on, Jericho. What a bunch of stupid idiots. <laughs> right? <laughs> all right. Uh, back to you, Nate. 
Uh, Marty Skrull. He is on that list. Congrats. What? Wait, what? Really? Yep. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> they don't want to see the villain in uh, the Thunderdome. Uh, we'll throw it back to Shawnee. But Ring of Honor is okay. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um. Big Van Vader. <laughs> no, unfortunately, no Big Van Vader on this list of banned images that they don't want to see in the Thunderdome. So uh, two strikes for Shawnee. Uh, we had a mention earlier, uh, Jimmy Snuka. <laughs> Jimmy Snuka is not on the list. So if you want of to put a not. picture of Jimmy Snuka in the Thunderdome, uh, you may not get immediately banned. Immediately. Again, case by case. Case by case. Right, exactly. Okay, everybody's got two strikes at this point, right? Yep, it's it's uh this is exciting. You've been keeping track of the points, I'm I'm imagining, Erica. I sure have, yes. It, it is a tight game. Excellent. Now, Nate, you're next. Uh that Jimmy Snooker one fucked me up. Um <laughs> Martin Janetti. Martin? <laughs> Yeah. Martin Gennetti. That's what I'm calling him now. He's now Martin Gennetti. He's an adult now. <laughs> He's all grown up. Martin Gennetti, attorney at law. Can you imagine Martin Gennetti showing up as your lawyer? Oh my God. Just put me in jail. Just You know what? And put him in jail at the same yeah. time. We're both here. Let's just both go to jail. Come on. Get him over with. No, uh, Marty Janetti, not one of the names on the list we haven't hit yet. But so. he killed a man, Chuck. He killed a man. Allegedly. And talked about it on Facebook. Wait a minute. What am I saying? Of course, WWE would be cool with that. All right. So uh, <laughs> we'll, move it, we'll move it back to uh, you, Shawnee. It's between you and Justin for uh, the rest of this list. Son of, you know, I feel like if I could get one more, I might be able to win this, uh, which sucks because I did watch a video that went through the entire uh roster of photographs off on the right side of that little computer monitor there oh um i feel like there's got to be someone in that first week that got highlighted that got pulled and i can't think of anybody yeah there's still some huge names on this list there's probably a logo on that list quite a few yeah nwa uh, wrestling's logo uh, no, unfortunately not. However, the New Japan Pro Wrestling logo is a part of that list. All right, Justin, your guess. Yeah, it's, it's down to you. You can uh, score two more points here if you can find something else that is on this list that we haven't covered yet. Or if you just heard Chuck tell you exactly what is on the list. <laughs> no, you can't guess that. I do that already. No, that's not. That is not against me. You cannot give me an answer and not expect me to use it. You cannot use that answer. What? What a now you're team. just making shit up. <laughs> yeah. The rules, Chuck. You have the no rules. idea that wasn't going to be my next guess. You have no idea whether or not that was going to be my next I guess. I had every idea yeah. that wasn't going to you be your what? next guess. There are 14 uh, items or 14 images that are banned left on this list. I am fully confident in your abilities as a wrestling fan to know one of these 14. What about? Oh God! Um, fuck the five count. Fuck the five. Fuck. Get rid of the five count. I want to see if he answers this correctly. Okay. All right. I'm I mad like about rule. this new Japan thing. Okay. Thanks for adding pressure. Um, 
I took away the pressure, you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> but you made it, you made it as if I, I should get this right if I have time. I had two other guesses. Uh the old uh the fuck, I don't know. The WWF logo. No, no, the old WWF no. logo is not one. You guys are going to kick yourselves when I go down what you missed off of this list. Are you ready? Okay, so 23 images identified uh, that are banned from the WWE Thunderdome. Among the things that you guys did not guess was Enzo Amore, Kenny That's Omega, John Wait, Wait, Kenny Omega's been in the Thunderdome once. And he's banned now. John Moxley. Oh my John God. Moxley, MJF, Tony Khan, Brandy Rhodes, Ryback, Alberto El Patron, Ashley Mazzaro, Superstar Billy Graham, Vicky Guerrero, and the flags of Hong Kong, Taiwan, and Tibet. The Ashley Mazzaro one is really weird, though. Yeah, it she is. She just was... passed away. Yeah. And there's like no explanation for that one. Well, she had she had accused the WWE of essentially ruining her life just before she died. So, that, yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. Oh, wow. Which I can't imagine. That's got to be baseless. So basically right. the entire AEW roster. Well, <laughs> anyone anyone who at a glance you can recognize is a part of the AEW roster. Yeah, it was people who are associated with the elite especially. Yeah, um, no, yeah. notice and, how notice how Will Hobbs is not on that list. Right. <laughs> Or Orange Cassidy, for that matter. Orange Cassidy. Actually, that's just, that kind that's of surprises kind of, me. Yeah, that's a bit of a surprising one. Yeah. All right, Erica. Uh, we need point totals. Uh, what? Who? Who is our champion uh, after this week's one fall show? Things got real interesting real fast in during the uh, final fall. Uh, coming in third, we have Nate with six points, followed by Shawnee with. Or yeah, Nate was Nate with six points. Sorry about that. Shawnee with eight points, and then Justin. Just barely pulling this out with ten points. Bring that I, big damn. man time back. I know, man. Shawnee, you were. Oh god. Damn, I know. I, I cannot believe I did not think uh, to say Kenny Omega. I can't. We could have tied. It would have been beautiful. You know, it would have been beautiful. <laughs> Can we go back? Can we just, you know? Get- <laughs> no. 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 Uh, um, great job, right. Champ. Oh. Great job. Thanks, Champ. Yeah, congratulations to you, Justin. You, uh, you, you've got your your big ray of sunshine back. I'll give you sixty seconds on the clock. If there's anything we missed this week that you would like to uh, talk about, go ahead. I want to talk a little more about Full Gear because there are two matches that, with stipulations, AEW ruined for me. Number one was Young Bucks and FTR. Because the second that I heard that if the Young Bucks lose, they're no longer getting the tag title shot or whatever it was you know the Young Bucks are going to win. And for that match and how much we've been looking forward to it, to give us basically a spoiler before the pay-per-view, because if anybody thought the Young Bucks were going to lose after that stipulation came out, you were obviously wrong. Um, And and it felt like a spoiler for me. And then that's exactly what it was. So it kind of took it away. The other was the I quit match with Moxley and Kingston, because I'm sorry with I quit matches. Those are touchy because you really make someone look weak when they're forced to say I quit. And with Kingston being forced to say I quit, there was no shenanigans. There was nothing weird that made him say I quit. It was a straight chokehold to make him say I quit after how strong he's been looking. I don't like that either. 
Well, it was a chokehold with one of his hands wrapped in barbed wire. That's okay. But in the end, though, when you make one guy say I quit without like the way the WWE did it with Roman and Uso, you did it without making Jay Uso look weak. Kingston looked weak doing that, saying that. All right, Shani, uh, 60 seconds on the clock. Very close. But uh, one of your sunshine buddies with the championship. Anything we missed this week you'd like to talk about? Uh, I was really excited to see Thunder Rosa and um, Allison K. Yes, local local product, home product. Yes. Met her at a few conventions. Very lovely human being and uh, excited to see her involved. I would love to see both of them get a full contract. I think that's exactly what the AEW women's division needs. Uh, in addition to, you know, maybe 15 more minutes of storytelling per week. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, Abaddon should be making her uh, Wednesday night appearance relatively soon. And, you know, I think that we, we may finally get some movement in that AEW women's division. It looks like that's going to be the case. And I'm pretty excited for that because uh, as we talk about frequently on the show, that is the, the, the biggest uh, weak spot in AEW. All right. Thank you, Shawnee. Nate, um, rough week for you but uh, i'm sure you'll you'll come back for it was there anything we missed this week that you'd like to talk about yeah i don't want to talk about how i performed this week i'd much rather talk about uh that uh moxley and kingston match because i will agree that i didn't like the end i didn't like the end result i didn't like moxley going over especially because now obviously they're building towards moxley versus omega a match that we've already seen and one that i didn't particularly enjoy um, I believe that was at last year's full gear and, uh, it, it was just not, it was, I, I, it's not a feud or a match that I really wanted to revisit. I would have been much, much more interested to see what, uh, Kingston and Omega ended up doing. And I thought that Kingston could be a really, really good transitional champion. Um, I, I think that that's a missed opportunity there. You had an opportunity to genuinely elevate someone who's been grinding at this for 18 years and you didn't take it. I think that that really speaks to a lot of the booking in AEW. Very disappointing. All right. Thank you, Nate. Uh, Erica, was there anything you wanted to address before we wrapped up this week's show? Uh, yes, three things really quickly. One, uh, Justin, going to your point about the stipulation between FTR and Young Bucks, I would agree to a point, but Cody Rhodes had the same stipulation attached to him uh, when he fought for the AEW title, and he legitimately legitimately lost, and he is not challenging for that title. There's other so, titles for him to go for, though. There's no other tag yeah. titles for the Young Bucks to go for. Okay. Okay. I do declare. I, I still, I thought maybe, maybe sure, they'd screw sure. over the bucks too. Obviously I'm just glad that Randy Orton's finally going to uh, pay you know, up for committing arson. Um, obviously <laughs> I think we're all thinking that. And then uh, it, anytime you hit Moxley does a match, a hardcore match, follow Renee Paquette's Twitter. Oh because yeah. He's at one point she just went, uh, tax in the head. Come on. Like it just, <laughs> you know, she it's 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 funny all the time. And you never think like, oh, these these poor wives, these poor spouses of these goddamn carnies and the shit they go through. All right. Uh, as we wrap up this week's show, I would like to uh, send our thoughts and prayers out to Shotzi Blackheart for the loss of her tank this week on NXT. Very, very sad. But I think that just means that once the insurance money comes in, she's going to get a full size tank. Maybe the tank Rusev 
head out at WrestleMania. How cool would that be? She needs to she needs to get Stone Cold's four by four. There yes. we go. Yeah. Um, speaking of Stone Cold's four by four and Shotzi Blackheart, I'm gonna throw it to Nate. Nate, where can people find you online? You can find me streaming live over at twitch.tv slash limit break radio. You can also check out the one fall show super universe mode. We do that live Saturdays at 4 p.m. over at twitch.tv slash limit break radio. But you can also find episodes over on our YouTube channel. Just search one fall show when you get to YouTube. It's a heavily modded WWE 2K19 universe with, uh, uh, Sean, myself and Will. We've each got character inserts. It's a lot of fun. Go and check it out. Sean, where can people find you online? You can find me on the uh, Talk Horror to Me podcast, along with Chuck there and our friend Elizabeth. And you can find me running the One Fall Show social media channel, uh, the Twitter specifically. Uh, I usually do live tweets during uh, various shows and events. And you can find me on Instagram at shawnee.constant. What about you, champ Justin Valentine? Where can people find you online? Uh, all over social media at JV underscore sports underscore talk or JV sports talk.com. And Erica. People can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Erica underscore Bannis. And I've been your host, Chuck Bean. As Shawnee just said, you can find me with him over on the Talk Horror to Me podcast. You can find me Saturday afternoons with Shawnee and with Nate, along with our friend Will, doing Super Universe Mode on Limit Break Radio's Twitch stream. You can find me Sunday afternoons on my own Twitch stream at twitch.tv backslash Jizuk, and Monday through Saturday from 7 to midnight on 101 WRIF in the Motor City. It's been a pleasure and an honor to uh, talk another week of wrestling with you guys. Can't wait to see what this week brings with us, and can't wait to see what next week's One Fall Show sounds like. Well, I can tell you, Chuck, that next week we are going to uh, have a guest on the show. And uh, could you tell the audience that a way in which they could become a guest if they wanted to compete on our show? I can, absolutely. If you're interested in joining us for a week of the One Fall Show, please email us at onefallshow at gmail.com and uh, we'll uh, we'll get in touch with you. We'll figure something out. Did I get it right? Yeah. All right, cool. What'd you say? It was a weird close to the show. Are we closing the show on a... On a... <laughs> I mean, I don't have anything else. I don't know what to do. Say goodbye, right, Chuck. Goodbye, Chuck. <laughs> Anywho, uh, so possible show titles this week, gentlemen. Um, who the f is David Heath? Um, <laughs> I vote that uh, one. I'm gonna. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I'm gonna defend this blue T-shirt my life. That was uh, great. That's good. Uh, yes, give me my spooky bullshit. Uh, Jimmy Snooker's girlfriend went to get cigarettes. She'll be right back. <laughs> that's that was a good line. Yeah, I know. I know. That's, uh... It's it's a rough one, but I had to write it down because you know we're awful people. And then Marty, Martin Janetti, attorney at law. <laughs> <laughs> I think that uh, one gets my vote. I like Martin Janetti. I'm sticking with the uh, Gangrel reference just because that's a full gear reference and it might grab people's attention more if they see it. it that, uh, that's that's a good point. Valid point. Valid, Valid point. There was a real ugly blood spot on NXT this week. Was it Killian Dane uh, took a car door in the oh, face? Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. And then when they panned, like, obviously they'd set something up, but when they panned back to him, it looked pretty grotesque. 
Yeah, no, they made that look good. It's rare. I, I'm not a fan of fake blood. I don't think it's needed anymore, to be honest with you. Even with the hardcore matches, like if they get cut open, okay, they get cut open. Yeah. But I don't I don't think you need to push that much. I tend to notice the ref putting his gloves on before I even see the blood. Yeah, anymore. me too. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Uh, Shawnee, uh, if if uh, you are looking for new sticker ideas, I do think Martin Janetti, attorney at law, <laughs> like doing it like a law firm logo, uh, might be okay. That is fantastic. <laughs> I think it's a really good show. I uh, also I, appreciate. I don't know how intentional this is, but uh, Erica, you and Justin going at each other and me having to pull you two apart uh, is kind of funny. It's a fun just, dynamic. I mean, it, it was, I mean, it was, once again, like, it's one of those things where, you know, okay, yeah, we obviously are in different wrestling camps, but, like, it's all in good fun. I could never, yeah. I could never be mad at Justin. Ever. Okay, good. Yeah, like, it's just like, no. I'm going to get a call next week. Hey, Justin, you're no longer on the show. Erica doesn't want to. <laughs> oh. No, Come you sold on. you sold me. I was a mark for it. I was like, Jesus, I think she's really wants to kill him. Oh no. Trust me. Like it would be um it'd be a lot more standoffish. It would just be like I'd be very short with him. It'd be like, yeah. uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then that now you all know once I get that way. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah, that's something's him. wrong. It's one of those things. Oh great, mom's pissed at me. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. That's what it is. 